0: Further considerations around the quality of of knowing, of the cultivation of of awareness. This is, um, because this is very different from a normal uh, cognition of things and it's not to be taken for granted or assumed that It's that it's that uh, accessible, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes uh, um, trial and error, sacrifice. Juggling with the perceptions that we have when there's things that we, we don't like or seem to be intolerable then that, that cognition, that way of perceiving things, we we check, we hold, we wait on that. Things that we're just drawn into and, and obsessed with, or well, that seem to be so urgent and, and demanding our attention, these things we, we draw back from. So you're challenging the normal ways in which this subject is cognizes the world, namely I mean, because the cognition that we normally have is is not pure. I don't mean to say that it's it's. Uh, when I say it's not pure, I mean it's always got a bias in it. We tend to like or dislike fundamentally. We tend to want things to happen quickly or not to happen or to happen slowly. There's a, there's, a, there's a bias in our act of cognition We're called. Um, so these are these are what are called the the kanda in in Dhamma terms. Some of these are the kanda, namely sanya kanda. There are five, but these two are sanya, which is associative cognition or perception. how we recognize something. The most immediate recognition of something as being, say, exciting, boring, pleasant, unpleasant, but the immediate act of recognizing sannyā, in which, say you see someone and you recognize it's someone you know, that moment before you start to think about them, oh, you don't know who it is, then as they come, say it's dark or in the distance and they're coming towards you and you don't know who it is you can see it's a human being and that moment when you recognize oh that's susan that moment even before you really get around to thinking about it that that's called sanya very quick isn't it and um, this is one of the the khanda and sanya is established things that we immediately Take for granted, we like or we dislike. We have different tastes, and, and it's only when you get a group of people or when you're meditating that you begin to, to, to get a look at how this sanya is implanted. Because uh, with, with you, you start to get different ways of perceiving people. Some people, you know, you, you can create all kinds of funny ideas about them, whether you like them or don't like them. Just getting acquainted. So say the first day I came here, what was the perception you had? What is it now of what I am? Probably changed a bit, hasn't it? Or or your perception of what meditation is about or or yourself. There's also what's called sankara, which is a more creative form that, that generally links up with sannyā. Yes, sankara is mental formations. So that when we recognise something and we start to proliferate on it, we start to create ideas or worries, more or less anything that's created in the mind with this in this self conscious way is called Sankara or mental formation. So we see Susan, recognises it's Susan coming through the door, and then all kinds of ideas about what we're going to say, whether we want to see her or not, what we think about the way she, the clothes she's wearing, or, or whatever. This is sankara. Right? These two, and these are are what we normally call knowing something. But it's not uh, the knowing of satipanya, mindfulness, wisdom, knowing, or direct experiential knowing. Now you begin to contemplate the unsatisfactoriness of this sanya sankara when you're when you're meditating. You know, the, all of the they don't they don't really stick. They don't really lodge particularly when you, you have a strong resolution to stay with it through the change of, of mind and mood and temperament and feelings, and you just stay with it. You see Sanya Sankara goes through a few crazy turns and then begins to disengage altogether. There becomes a silence. While well, you don't really know, you don't really think, but there's a kind of a silence of knowing. Sanya sankara called the grasping aggregates. Two of these two, there are five, as I said. But these two is, are the ways of of what we call what we normally call knowing, and they seize things and mould them into pre-formed patterns and memories and habits according to our conditioning. So you know, when you sitting contemplating the breath or feeling contemplating the body. Perhaps the sanyo is just very, well, you know, get bored after a while. There's not much you can, any ways you can recognize that. So it, that, that force to, to know something, to recognize something, tends to pull our mind off of uh, contemplation of the body or, or meditation on the breath, onto things that we can play with ideas about ourselves, things we should and shouldn't be, what we want to do, everything. Sanya Sankara goes crazy. It you know, hasn't got anything reasonable to, to, to look at, so it just starts creating things. It's like the sorcerer's apprentice. It you know, just creates more stuff than we can really handle. And then, we start to ass- and then we start to assume that this is all the, what we are. We think, well, you know, I've, I've really got a lot of stuff in here, you know. I must have these deep, enrooted, latent tendencies that are just coming out. These kind of residual karmic traits, perhaps I did something in my last life, or, you know, severely warped, or, you know, weaned too young, or, or whatever. Kinds of mental formations being created for the sake of having a mental formation. We can worry, we can plan, we can doubt. You know, room for food for thought as they say. If you don't have any food for thought, then you feed on thought. Sanya Sankara. Now so in in cultivation you have to actually make these allies instead of enemies. You know, bringing them in, uh, beginning to say, like actually you can use the perception to, and, the, and the mental formations on, on, the, on the meditation, on the breath, just it it in simple ways, you know, recognizing it as, and then naming, noticing it as warm, cool, sharp, strong, and recognizing, say, whether one's with it or not with it, but taming these two so they're not just uh, going wild but but being asked to do the right kind of work and this is, becomes what's called vitakavichara vichara or sustained uh, rationality and reflective understanding this is kind of holding your attention onto something the recognising quality, and then reflecting, it means turning it around, how is this, how does it feel, what does it look like, and then these are no longer grasping, these are serving. Now, uh, say visualization, for example, as I touched on briefly this morning, is one way in which you, if you have these strong uh, associative faculties, you can you can bring them, you can use them, you can actually conjure up you know, an image of, of which is helpful for you. Nothing too complicated. Just the light, colour, for example, with with the breath. A simple reflection, like, may I be well, may I be at at peace. Or even a word like that, mantras, for example. These are skillful means. Uh, A cultivator learns to, through through observing the way things are, learns to use the world of objects as a purely symbolic. We know that nothing that, that we can't really trust the memories and the associative patterns. Once you've seen how how wild they can go, how they can just create things, so we begin to uh, recognize or, or realize that the way that we perceive things is very much um, subjective. And we, we start to use the world of our supposed experience more as symbolic than as actual. You don't expect to really be able to think what's, uh, what the reality is or form accurate perceptions, but you can form skillful ones, helpful ones. Uh, when, so, when we're meditating on the breath for example then that that rhythm of of steadiness right that because the breath is a relatively steady phenomenon becomes an emblem a symbol a sign of that which is calm that which is constant that which is always with us it's it's a it has a signia, a perception or a association of what we're looking for, really, of a kind of peace, quality, steadiness, security, constancy. It becomes it becomes a symbol or a sign of our goal. Of course, that's all it is, As you, because when you, first of all, we can be very attracted to that sign, get really peaceful, get really calm, with the breath. Calm, peaceful, clear, and then you know I'll I'll be I'll get to nibbana. I'll get to that. Will be what I am, which is it's like taking the symbol for the reality. It's only a suggestion, a rhythm that uh, can help to remove the other ideas and notions from our mind, that are not conducive to, to our well-being. So when we really absorb into, into the breath, then that create, letting that rhythm and that sign establish itself in the consciousness means that for a while we're putting away the other signs <coughs> that, is, that establish themselves in our consciousness, such as anxiety, worry, thinking about work, thinking about what we're going to do in June, wondering about our rent, so forth. These which are also purely symbols, but we take as being total realities. The real world, as we call it. When we leave the retreat and go back to the real world. And yet, uh, the real world, actually when you're sitting meditating, the real world... uh, What is that? It's certainly poignant enough, isn't it? When things are actually happening, when we're actually in the so-called real world, right? It's, it's, it's just as it is. There's movement, feeling, action, perception, emotions, thoughts, etc. happening. When you sit here and remember it, or think about it, or plan it, it's a totally, it's a different thing, isn't it? We can create all kinds of compulsions and urgencies and worries and, and love and hate around it. Where is the reality? What is true? Our memory of yesterday, or what actually happened? Our ideas of June, or, or what actually happens on that day? Being in Greece, or Thailand, Nepal, as an idea, or what? Uh, I, the, the Sannya is very strong. it can lead us on. I remember I, when I was younger, did a lot of traveling to, to arrive at this place in my mind, where the, the, the Sannya, the, the memory or the, the idea in my mind of beautiful, serene, sunny, warm, peaceful, exciting, interesting, stimulating, so forth, place. never found it. went to the most remarkable, amazing places wonderful places to get totally bored by them. You go to somewhere, you think, well, go to uh, Java. You know, I went to this, to Java, which even now, the word you say, go to Java, you think, "Oh, that sounds a little better than, say, going to Pittsburgh or <laughs> New Jersey or something. Which uh, is quite interesting to an Englishman. You think, Pittsburgh, that sounds interesting. But if you said it's an English word, you said Wigan or Bogner, and they, they'd have the same reaction. <laughs> and I suppose if you live in Java, the word Java would have the same feeling. You can go to Java. Huh. But when you're, say, you're living in a damp, cold country, you think, oh, that's lovely. There I was in Java, you know, enigmatic, mystic orient, warmth, heat, you know, simple village life. or exotic music, temples, and so forth. Actually, when you go there, it's just same as... It's true, it's there, but what you notice is visas, in, uh, customs officials, surly bus drivers you have to argue with, hassling around for food, feeling fed up, getting sick, being too hot, trying to find a hotel, getting to a hotel, sweeping the cockroaches out of the room, Getting more sick, trying to find the best place to eat in town, looking for the next bus out <laughs> <laughs> to to the next place, it's really and you're always in these places. You meet other travellers are saying, "Oh yeah, well I tell you, up the road it's really fantastic." We all, it's what we all say to each other. I was there. Have you ever been to? Mm-hmm. And you say, you say, "Well, I was in Greece, and it's really amazing, and we did this and we did that." and then you know, then they tell you where they've been. They say, oh yeah, it was fantastic, it was like this and like that. What nobody ever tells each other is there was this horrible bus ride, there was this grumpy uh, customs officer, there was a lousy hotel, I got sick and bored and, and had a cold. <laughs> Felt tired or had a wash. You know, the, the ordinary things that really actually happen wherever we are. And we can follow it take our whole lives following Sanya like that. Same with meditation, the you know, idea is great. <laughs> meditation, you know, the, they did a film about meditation, you have know, these people sitting and slightly ethereal, tinkling music in the background. <laughs> Lotus blossoms blooming on the windowsills, you know. because people look really good when they meditate. You know. <laughs> really looks quite good. The, the, the sanya is quite quite inspiring. <laughs> but if you try to find that, the, then you 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 know you, you miss the whole point. And it's always it's always despair. Oh, so to so even the mindfulness of the breathing, which for a few, for a little while can be quite a pleasant thing, should not be mistaken. For any goal in its own right, it creates. It, cre- it can create a good perception that's encouraging and gladdening and refreshing, because we do need to shift our perceptions, our associations, our imagery. Practicing metta bhavana is, is a very good. This loving kindness, benevolence towards oneself, rather than even trying to find anything. Just sitting and, and contemplating the body with a feeling of, of kindness towards it, sweeping through. As you, as you cultivate then, um, as is using the breath this morning, to, to feel the breath suffusing the whole body right? and then bringing in the perception of well-being. And how do we do this? We make the body a symbol actually We're not talking about the flesh and blood, arteries, sinews, veins and bones. We're talking about the perception body. That when you sit and you close your eyes, you you have a perception of your body, don't you? A body consciousness, we could call it. Now that's there, you know, you actually can be aware of that feeling. And then you can symbolize it, you can symbolize it as the elements. Like earth element means the weight, denseness, solidity, that, that feeling, wherever that perception arises, earth. And then um, fire is the heat, warmth, caloricity. We feel a certain quality of warmth or, or lack of it, but generally in meditation you, you get a, as a kind of warmth that comes up because attention is, has energy to it you can literally contemplate the warmth, warm feeling and you can visualize it if you find that a, a pleasing sign then to to recognize and, and go into just the warmth spreading the, using the warmth of the, of that perception into your, into your mind so there's a soothing, resting, warm or a grounding earth feeling and the um, Damp or watery, like the say that the mouth, the eyes, and the, the, perhaps the moisture in the palms. The moistness, this quality, is the is the uh, cohesive that which which flow makes everything flow together. Particularly when you, you chew something, everything gets broken down into moisture, doesn't it? And air moving. So you can use the body as, as a symbol. Recognise those perceptions when they arise. Mostly, I expect you deal with things like warmth or solidity, matter, pressure, weight, and and movement, and these can be when you we when you actually. Uh, follow them, or or bring your mind into them, these can be helpful suggestions in in meditation practice. They they create a certain tone. When we're walking up and down, for example, that touching of the foot on the floor, the earthing. So your mind can be full of, of scatty feelings and impressions, but then there's the earth. That gets very comforting actually you're standing still at the end of your path, just feeling earthed, like grounded like a tree, rooted, with the pressure of the soles of the feet on the ground and the and the uh, the stress or the, the the muscles the way they are, and the weight of the bones in the body, the the earth element of the body. Just like that. And that can be a sign that you, you bring up and you hold your attention into when it's getting really all over the place. So rather than trying to say find out why you're this way or deal with your thoughts or stop doubting or worrying then you just, you just go to a sign where these don't exist. The earth does not worry. The earth no matter what we've done to it this planet has never worried, doubted, or complained, or tried to plan what it's gonna do for the next millennium or anything. The planet Earth just is like it is, it takes it all. People drive cars over it, spit on it, build buildings on it, degrades in it in the earth is <laughs> just being earthy about it. There can be that that tone is quite helpful for our rather um, Oversensitive, overreactive sanya sankara mental formations which leap every which way every time something happens. It's kind of to go to the earth. Yeah, when you sit, you're sitting like a tree, or like a rock even. Or not quite like a rock. It's <laughs> like a heap. <laughs> 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 you can imagine it even just as a, as a sort of a heap of something. <laughs> the solidity. And then the, the uh, warmth, It's very nice. When you're feeling kind of lonely and sad and, and not getting anywhere and nobody loves me and I try so hard and I'm not getting anything out of this. and <laughs> Those kinds of voices. Why did I happen to? Why am I doing this? Why does it happen to me? Then you can warm yourself you with know, reflecting on the, the warmth in the in the body, the fire element, the warm element. Fire is a pleasing uh, sign. Nothing like sitting in front of a fire. Don't sit on it though. This is when you get the the burning restlessness. You don't need to contemplate. Or or, um, bring that up, but if you do, even restlessness, you can contemplate as fire rather than as a personal problem. You you watch that burning, seething anger, restlessness, rage as fire. But then, you you, for when you want to to uh, say cool yourself, then go back to the earth. So no, you, no, you can bring these up as helpful signs or as ways of interpreting the hindrances so that you're no longer judging the hindrances the fiery hindrances the, the dense pressured restrictive hindrances the, the the flowing all over the place wateriness or the, the, the uh, constant comings and goings of, of air movement rather than th- rather than, I'm like this, I'm like this, why am I doing this? I, I've got all these problems and difficulties, you see. Oh, this is, it's like the air, just like the wind, isn't it? You can listen to the wind, even if it's a gale or a hurricane. And you can listen to it just whistling and whipping. And then the, the dullness or the heaviness of, of, our, of our mental states, we can actually contemplate as Earth and be, have a uh, earthed feeling about it. Uh, you're using a your body as a symbol really in this way. It's quite helpful because you can apply this internally and, and externally. You can apply it to to most anything. Uh, you, anything you look at you can see as solid matter or you know, or heat, brightness, light, water. So that the, the whole of the objective world becomes uh, a symbol for meditation rather than a, a symbol for proliferation or, or fixation or obsession. In contemplating the body, you can see it just as, as say, an anatomical thing. And so though know, that we normally see this very much as me, what I am, and whenever we're self-conscious about our bodies, what we, we see them as, then we're worrying or we, we, we create a lot around it, don't we? A lot of nervousness and, and self-conscious fear, paranoia and anxiety. You see, objectively, you can you can translate it into a, uh, something anatomical, like a skeleton, with with meat and bones and blood and flesh and sinews. It's a kind of something like that. There isn't any body. It's not a self. It's just a. It's not a person. It's just a physical entity. Now, I'm not saying that that this is a reality so much as a way of neutralizing one set of perceptions, one set of assumptions that we may have about ourselves or about others. You're feeling, uh, the ideas that we create of, of, say, being fascinated by other people's physical forms or repelled by them to seeing just a physical form, not, not a person. And this creates a... it's not to, to kill any feeling but to begin to enhance a quality of recognition that is no longer just uh, compulsive or instinctive and then when we've made the world a symbol then we can start to actually um, see through the symbolism you translated what seemed to be reality which would actually never really fitted and you can never actually come to terms with so we're subjective and changing into a series of symbols that you can contemplate and then you can begin to remove the symbolic framework when there's uh, an awareness or a, a way of perceiving things that's no longer just instinctive or taking things for granted So now there are there are meditations that or, or reflections, contemplations, like on uh, corpses and so forth, that, that people do. We haven't got any here right now. some somebody would like to <laughs> either die or <laughs> bring one in, so this, this is really a little beside the point. But the the idea of this is I've been with, uh, say when people have died, looked after people dying, and people when they're dead. And it's uh, contemplated some, like at first there's, a, there's, a, there's an anxiety because you, you think oh that's the person, they're dying, you know, or, or the disgust that the body when it's very sick or diseased, having to look after a dying person when you have to, Kind of clean them and wash them, and their bodies are, are going really bad. Then, if you haven't developed anything beyond just immediate instinctive reaction, you, you're always, Ugh. and that's that's very unpleasant, both for oneself and, of course, for the the person you're trying to look after, because they know and they feel ashamed. Nobody likes to feel that they are they're disgusting or they're shameful. But when you when you if you've cultivated like a, a dispassionate awareness, you see this is just the body, isn't it? It's like this, and the body has what? It's skin, blood, flesh. Even the more revolting things like excrement or pus or bile or whatever, we see it just this way, isn't it? I mean, if we if uh, we may not particularly like or even like to think about it, but uh, You know, this is all normal part of our our physical forms, isn't it? If we didn't defecate, we'd be in a pretty bad state by now. (laughs) Are you not saying this is the thing that one wants to really uh, identify with? (laughs) But uh, it's it's, it's the truth, on one level there's that about, about the physical body so we have to actually you know come to terms with that and the same as with dying or aging or, or no longer being beautiful which um, you know if, if you've been beautiful that is maybe <laughs> <laughs> then that can be terrible if you've, been, if you've been very beautiful or handsome then the waning of that can be pretty agonising experience, I would imagine, it's never been a problem for me, never having been (laughs) beautiful. (laughs) Nothing I really had to give up on that one. But I think it's very difficult to say, you know, a beautiful lady or a handsome man and then it starts to go, doesn't it wrinkled and cracked and whatever, and people spend a lot of time and money, and, and obviously it must be very anxious to try to keep it all together. You know, facelifts and masks and God knows what. Because the idea of that being me is, 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 is terrifying or horrifying. And we, you know, to, to know it as it is means we know it's not me, it's not self. Which means that, that to, to really accomplish this one, one should, make an effort to even recognize the unpleasant aspects of the body in full consciousness, but not out of some sort of perverse self-denigration or humiliation, but to 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 get beyond perception. So there's just a clear knowing. It's this way, isn't it? Now I'm very uh, pleased to, to have uh, you know, being able to accomplish that to some extent, certainly looking after dying people, when you have to kind of clean them up and take them to the toilet and wipe them afterwards and so forth, without any, you know, without feeling any kind of aversion or displeasure, because it's just the way it is. It's not something that's revolting anymore. Disgusting. So we can, you can contemplate the body like this, as, as an exercise now when you're walking up and down you imagine the body you know, a skeleton some 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 it's not me walking it's the feet or the feet hitting the ground or the earth touching the earth where it belongs now those are are just reflections that can give you a point of looking at something from a non-habitual perspective, in a way that slightly changes. It's not it's not that you're really believing in something else, but you're slightly shifting away from the assumption of here I am, you know, Joe Smith walking up and down. It's Friday morning, time to time. What am I going to do next? So, 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 you know, that's who. That's what's happening, isn't it? Instead of there's a there's a foot. Walking, or there's the feeling of the earth touching the earth, or there's contact or impression, pleasant, neutral, indifferent feelings. Something going, buzzing in the, in the brain, the eyes, uh, seeing, noticing, being interested and not interested. This this uh, more reflective quality. And to establish that, you need to start with very simple things like the, the physical formation or the the. Uh, four elements, that I mentioned. So you you find a foundation for that's tranquil, and then you can cultivate insight. Now, insight is not one. Insight is a is a varied term because you can say that say you know just. Thinking along these lines is not by itself insight, but insight is means a a, a a bright looking into. Because what is the the most beautiful result of practice is not seeing things in any one way, but the clarity of seeing. So whether we whatever how we contemplate, we should always wisely reflect in this way, so that is is our. Sense of of awareness is that clear? Is it looking into, or is it just unenergized, unactivated? And then you're starting to think, or get lost into feeling and emotions, and doubts, and worries, and memories, and so forth. Uh, now, when you, as one cultivates vipassana, then. We cultivate it so that uh, there comes a time when you can actually cultivate insight right into the mind, into thought. That be- Those become symbols and meditation objects. But most people find it really necessary and helpful to cultivate it, first of all, on a, on a more large and, s- and tranquil, stable form such as the body, looking into the feelings and no longer recognising them or in the same old way, where we've grown so accustomed to proliferating and thinking and analysing but looking at the ways that, that check that analysis, that check that proliferating tendency, that lead towards a silencing. You know you I mean, I mean the body is just the earth element, and then it, the, the proliferations end there, don't they? It's just earth, there's just feeling it is pleasant, painful, or indifferent. things are changing all these are reflections that that are towards stilling you know when we say things change right like that's true you know. Something stops, doesn't it? We may think, "Well, why does it change, or how does it change?" But actually, that very idea in the mind changes. So, we're constantly, at that way of noticing change, there's a stillness. There's something moving, but there's also a stillness. When we say things are unsatisfactory, then you know you're having a hard time. Oh, why is it like this? Oh, how long? How going to deal with this? How will I ever get through that? How can I cope with pain? How can I deal with problems?" And so then you think, life is unsatisfactory. This is, you have found the truth. <laughs> oh, but I don't see why it should be like this. I want it to be like this. be like that. It's this way, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't see why... <laughs> So you have to keep kind of bringing yourself back, back to the point, because <laughs> it does go off. And she said that, and he said that, you know, and they did this. They shouldn't be, or we can do it externally, can't we? They've been here, for that, for that yogi's been here for two months. They should know better than that. Let's see why he does that and does that. And s- fell asleep in the sitting. You know, life is unsatisfactory, isn't it? How much of any of us satisfactory for each other? Do you ever find that people around you are so uh, people who constantly delight, satisfy, stimulate, and live up to your expectations? <laughs> you know, are we always offending each other? You, we're you know misunderstanding, putting your foot in it now and then, losing your temper, feeling off, and so forth. You're not saying that that that's anything to feel good about, or, but it stops. We stop going on about it. I mean, it's this way. Okay. And then in that stopping there's the brightness that knows. And that brightness is not unsatisfactory or or changing, that brightness a knowing is always right there when you stop. When one stops creating sanya sankara, the knowing is right there. And then, we, then you, think, you, get these kind of laughter comes, I think life is unsatisfactory. <laughs> 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 so we think you've gone crazy. <laughs> See, it's all miserable. That's a <laughs> you feel so, so kind of light and pleased. You think, what are you, what's so funny about that? <laughs> you feel relieved because there's that separation. It's just this, you don't make a, a headache out of it or take it personally, it's just this way. And then, you know, yeah, it's the way it is. But one doesn't have to be dragged down by it all. We can, stand, we can contemplate that, and the contemplation of that is bright and clear and boundless. So, this is a, a recommendation to to try to check the assumptions one makes about well, the physical form, what it is, in, on, in meditation practice. And then you c- you this is a path to of insight to be to be developed around our notions and ideas, uh, ideas of time and the future and past and what we are and what we're not and where the world should be and. On and on and on and on and on. So today, bring bring these um, into you know, Try to, to pick up some of these suggestions. Put them to into practice. Continue, continue with the interviews today. I'll see um, B at when? I say at quarter to ten. Let me think. Yeah, quarter to ten, and then um, I'll see C at quarter to eleven, and then D at two.